I think Penn State's James Franklin was outcoached by a team that didn't have a coach this weekend. Got more on that right here. Locked on Big Ten starts right now. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown Big Ten. I'm Craig Sheeman. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. Of course, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. It's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every single day. And it's brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Lockdown College for $20 off your first purchase. On today's podcast, we're going to look hard and deep into James Franklin and Penn State coaching decisions and whatnot and where this program is right now after the loss to Michigan, a team that did not have its head coach with it on Saturday. We'll talk about the rest of the Big Ten this weekend. Got comments on everything. A lot of interesting uh, notes from each of the games there. I want to share with you and see what you think. And, of course, we'll have our Big Ten top ten observations from the weekend. At the end, you'll want to hang around for that. A lot of amazing stuff. Be sure to subscribe down below, if you will, and follow uh, Lockdown Big Ten for free wherever you get your podcast. That way you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it becomes available each and every day. All right. Quick recap. The Big Ten suspended Michigan football coach Jim Harbaugh going into the weekend. Michigan did not get a stay. Harbaugh was not on the sideline against Penn State this weekend. More on that later. The hearing is Friday, by the way. Michigan goes into Penn State and wins 24-15. to um, I, I think even though Harbaugh wasn't there, I think James Franklin got, got out coached in this game. And we're going to talk about what happened here. Let's recap some of what happened here on this game, first of all. Um, you know, Penn State started off pretty well early. They had that, uh, I think it was their second drive of the game. They got five first downs. They were rolling Drew Aller, running down to the 13-yard line. You know, it was the first time all season Michigan's defense has taken a snap inside the 10. I mean, okay, so Penn State got there. They were rolling. Michigan holds firm. Penn State has to settle for a field goal. No problem. That was a good start for the Nittany Lions. And then Michigan immediately starts making some adjustments on the field. You know, whether Penn State did or not, we'll get into that. But they start making adjustments. Maybe it was part of their game plan, what have you. That's when they put seven offensive linemen on the football field and just started smashing on Penn State. They get that touchdown at the beginning of the first quarter. It's 7-3. There was another uh, series. Then uh, Penn State gets the ball uh, early in the second quarter. Katron Allen, first down. Boom, nine yards. Everything's looking great. They go three and out after getting nine yards on the first play. They got the negative one-yard pass and then a one-yard run from Aller. Maybe you can talk about play calling here. You can be nitpicky about it. I mean, Michigan's defense is good. Let's not you know get too carried away, but it bothered me. If you're a Nittany Lion fan, it would, I think it would bother you that you don't get a first down after getting nine yards on the first play like that. And then Michigan starts making another adjustment. You, you get a theme here that Michigan's always making adjustments. Penn State's not. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, after struggling a little bit in the beginning, starts rolling out a little bit. All right, he was rolling out to the right all the time. They start having some success on some plays. And then Blake Corum bounces out uh, for 44 yards. And even at that point, it wasn't too bad. The crowd was really into it. Home field advantage for, for Penn State. Um, Michigan has to call timeout. They come right out of that timeout. Boom, Donovan Edwards, 22-yard touchdown. All of a sudden, Michigan's up 15-3. to three. 
But you know, Penn State, Katron Allen gets the 34-yard uh, play over to the Michigan 41. That play stalls. They got a fourth and six at the 37. And uh, Drew Allen, uh, Drew Aller ends up hitting uh, Caden Saunders for a first down at the 24-yard line. Again, things are looking good at this point. No problem. They got that fourth and one from the 15-yard line to do the little pitch and pass trick play from uh, Allen to Aller. I don't know if you want to be exposing your quarterback like that on a play, but hey, it worked, right? They get the first down down to the 11-yard line. Drew Aller, 11-yard touchdown run. They go for two here, and I'm not going to be nitpicky about this either. I always say this all the time. I think coaches chase those two points too early in the game because often you don't get them. They're not successful, and you always wish you would have had at least that one point. It adds up later on in the ballgame. Again, all coaches do it. I seem to be in the minority here, but I wouldn't be chasing two-pointers until later in the game, which we'll get to that later on here uh, in this segment as well. We go to the second half and fumble, right? Penn State with a fumble, critical point of the game. Michigan recovers it. James Franklin was pretty hard on Drew Aller, a guy that typically takes care of the ball. Hammond, I'm pretty good in the press conference about that turnover. And it was, it was, it, it was, it was costly. Michigan ends up getting a field goal on their next drive. It's 17-9 at this point, Michigan. But during that drive that they got the field goal, 12 straight runs, no passes. 12, and a theme is building here. Um, just running the ball, just pounding it. They got those extra linemen in there, and they're just crushing a Penn State defense that's pretty good against the run, right? So uh, a lot of other stuff going on. Um, there was the play where uh, the punt return, Daquan Hardy gets it to midfield, but there's a holding. I thought Michigan got away with a late hit on that. but uh, So they're starting backed up at their own 29-yard line, and they, they do the flea flicker. It was the oddest-looking Penn State flea flicker I've ever seen. Uh, Drew, I've never seen intentional grounding on a flea flicker. He gets the ball, he just kind of threw it over the middle on nobody. Weirdest play, right? You know what I'm talking about if you're a Nittany Lion fan. So uh, now the boo birds are coming out. And I kind of talked about this last week at the podcast. What happens if some of that home field advantage, 107,000 people starts to go away? Did get a little quiet later on, comparatively speaking to what it's normally like there at Beaver Stadium. But the boos were coming out. At this point, Michigan has 20 straight runs going and 174 yards. Penn State had given up 174 yards on the ground the previous four games, Michigan has done it on the ground in one game. And we're just, you know, in the third quarter, going to the fourth quarter at this point, this is also the point where JJ McCarthy did throw a pass. It was incomplete. It was a penalty on the play. So it was waved off. So technically, I mean, that was an unofficial pass, no passes in the second half for Michigan in this game. None. Is this like an army Notre Dame game from 1940 or what? Who does that in this day and age? Michigan just just ran it down Penn State's throat. And look, 32 straight runs, if you go uh, add them all up, zero passes in the second half. Forget about all this sign-stealing stuff. Michigan was basically telling Penn State what it was going to do and then did it. So You're not stopping us. We're running the ball every time. Unless you're like one of those people on a roulette wheel, uh, hits black every time. You're like, all right, after 20 times, it's got to hit red sometime, right? They weren't passing the ball. I found it completely remarkable. And, um, you know, this also in a week where Manny Diaz was having a little fun at Michigan's expense on social media with the, with the sign stealing thing. He was kind of goofing on that. Uh, Michigan noticed that was some bulletin board material. 
Blake Corum was doing the, the Manny Diaz signals in the end zone there. They noticed it, and then they ran it down their throat. Look, here's the thing we could talk about right here, about James Franklin. And the, see, I just gave you a bunch of examples of how Michigan made adjustments in this game. And Penn State really didn't. And I don't know if Penn State could have. I'm really wondering about the offense. Is it play calling? Is it Drew Aller? Is it the fact that there are no speedy receivers to take the top off to help Drew Aller? Lots of things going on, and I have a lot of theories about all that. We're going to get more into that into tomorrow's podcast, too. I'm going to compare some coaches and their different styles and what they do well and what they don't do well in the Big Ten uh, coming up tomorrow. But, you know, I, Michigan was realizing that Drew Aller couldn't throw deep or wouldn't throw deep, and they started packing in their defense. Again, another adjustment. The later the game got, the tighter the box to the line of scrimmage got for the defense. Even the safeties were packing it in as well on James Franklin's team here. And Penn State could not or would not take advantage. Let's talk about another coaching decision here. Uh, if the analytics book says that you're down by two touchdowns and you score a touchdown, you go for two on that first one, right? But Penn State was down 15, not 14, where Drew Aller found Theo Johnson for a touchdown with 159 to go, and they were going to have to go for two at some point. But if you're unsuccessful there, which they were, now you're down by two scores. You've taken yourself out of the game. You kicked the one point, the extra point, you're only down by eight, a touchdown and a two-point conversion could tie. Now you're out of it. You see how I, what I mean about chasing points? I, I, at that particular point, that late in the game, with timeouts in my back pocket, I would have kicked the one-point PAT there to cut it to eight and keep the game alive. And whether you get the onside kick or not, again, with those timeouts, that could help. And clearly, a lot of fans were unhappy with James Franklin. And I don't, I don't blame you. Look, um, Rutgers is still on the schedule. And look, it's very like, I think, I think it's Michigan state, right? Michigan state and Rutgers still on the schedule. I think it's likely Penn state will go two seasons in a row running the table with the exception of Michigan and Ohio state. And a lot of teams lose to Michigan and Ohio state. Not a lot of shame in that. It's just the way it is. Most fan bases will be thrilled to have back-to-back -back 10 to two years. Most coaches will get a raise contract extension for that kind of stuff. But Penn state, the fans, they want more. They want more. They've, they've had this B-level stuff. They want the A-level stuff. And you can't blame them. But, uh, they, you know, they want that championship. And so James Franklin is under a lot of pressure right now. Not like hot seat pressure, I don't think. But staff changes, uh, recruiting and transfer portal priorities may change. Got to get some speed on the outside. You got to be able to take the top off on, on offense. Uh, James Franklin said that Drew Aller will be reevaluated. It sounds like he's going to open up the quarterback uh, situation again. I don't know. I have some thoughts on Drew Aller again, and I, I think he's been overcoached. So I'm going to talk about that in tomorrow's podcast as well. So tell your friends about that. But also keep in mind, if this were next year, 12 teams are getting in the playoffs, not four. Penn State would get in the playoffs. So I don't know that. But then again, they're going to have to play these good teams that they can't really beat. And so that's kind of where Ohio or Penn State is stuck. They're kind of a victim of their own success, and they can't quite get to that next level. And a lot of people are upset. We'd love to hear your comments. I know Penn State fans are some of the most vocal ones I get. You can hit me up on Twitter, X at TalkBig10, number 10. Don't forget our website, TalkBig10Number10.com, and on YouTube with comments as well.
Um, a lot of other exciting stuff took place over the weekend. Let's not just focus on Michigan and Penn State. I have some thoughts on all the games, your favorite teams as well. We will get to all of that uh, in just one minute right here on Locked On Big Ten. Maybe you went to a game this weekend. Who got the tickets? Somebody's always got to get the tickets, right? Well, you should get them through game time. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets, so you don't have to worry about a thing. They've got last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. My favorite part, they got the view of your seat on your phone. You can see the, you know, from the ticket you're about to buy. I think it's an awesome feature. Game time has deals uh, right up to the start of the event or even an hour after they start. I told you if you're typically late, maybe it's a game right after work. You can't quite get there in time. You can get the tickets, no problem. Uh, you got a, exclusive flash deals and sponsors, sponsored deals on tickets for uh, football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, everything they have. And they got their zone deals too. You can pick a section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. So here's what you do. You download the game time app. You create an account and use the code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account. And the redeem code locked on college. That's L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So there were other games going on in the Big Ten this weekend. Let's talk about them. Maybe we haven't covered your favorite team yet if you're not a Michigan or, or a Penn State fan, Ohio State continues to cruise they they really do ohio state is looking good like a, a, a well-oiled machine right now they beat michigan state 38 to 3 marvin harrison jr caught two of kyle mccord's three touchdown passes he also rushed for another touchdown first time he's ever done that that's cool really trying to make his mark for the heisman i think um and and you know the, the buckeyes were ready right away they scored five touchdowns on their first six possessions Harrison, by the way, became the first wide receiver in Buckeyes history with 1,000 yards of receiving in, in two seasons. That surprised me a little bit, huh? I mean, all the great receivers that have come out, nobody's had two 1,000-yard seasons before. Bit, bit surprised. The Buckeyes, admittedly, are a little depleted on defense right now with some injuries. They're going to get some guys back in the next week or so, but uh, they held Michigan State to two third-down conversions on 14 attempts and just 182 total yards. So good job on both sides of football. Ohio State did what they were supposed to do. Uh, but they, yeah, they covered too, 38 to 3. Good job. You know, good teams win, great teams cover. Iowa shut out Rutgers 22 to nothing in a very Iowa type game, sort of in the first half. It was three to nothing at the half, but then some actual offense took place for Iowa. It was fantastic. It was. Look, you all know I made a big deal about this. The over-under in this game was 28, lowest ever, right? And uh, I said, there's not going to be four touchdowns in this game. And 22 to nothing. The under still hit. How much lower is the number going to go each week from Vegas on Iowa games before they're before you're going to go and bet the over? I don't know. I made the case in a podcast last week here on Lockdown Big Ten. You can go back and see it, that Kirk Ferentz should be strongly considered for Coach of the Year. And a lot of people were frustrated with Kirk Ferentz and his son, Brian Ferentz. I get it. But they're eight and two, guys. Eight and two. Playing with just two thirds of a team with defense and special teams and no offense, right? That's some coaching. He is uh he is doing the job. He's getting it done. And 
They clinched at least a share of the Big Ten West already. How about that? They got a two-game lead on everybody else. Drew Stevens kicked three field goals in this game. Iowa actually did score two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, believe it or not. They got a season high. Listen to this. If you don't hear anything else I say, listen to this. They got a season high 402 yards of offense this weekend. Yeah, Iowa. About that. Congratulations. Time of possession, they had a 17-minute advantage against a Rutgers team that is known for chewing up clock. They run the ball a lot. They're not a passing team. That's impressive. Deacon Hill, you know, he came in from Cade McNamara a couple of weeks ago, uh, season high, 223 yards passing. Kirk Ferentz, after the game, acknowledged that, look, Deacon Hill was not experienced when he took over. He said, you cannot microwave this. It takes time. I mean, he's just a patient coach. And I think he's really enjoying the fact that he's he's at least going to be in a tie for first place in West Division. He's got that, that part sewn up. Also, Hill spraying the ball around. Seven different receivers. Got a 54-yarder to uh, Zach Ortworth. Throwing bombs. This is Iowa football here we're talking about. And you know what else is impressive? They had zero three and outs in this game. Zero. That's an 11 offensive possessions. None of them were three and outs. You know they got the best punter in the league. He must have been upset <laughs> to, get, to get out there three and out. Look, and Iowa's defense, they haven't, they've only allowed one offensive touchdown in the last four games. Wow. That really is phenomenal. It's time for Iowa fans to embrace what this team is. They're not going to go light people up. They're going to play their way, and they're going to win. Uh, it's uh, it, I, I've found them the, probably one of the most interesting teams in the Big Ten all season. You know that. If you watch this podcast regularly, I talk about Iowa a lot. Uh, Illinois and Indiana. Illinois, uh, Indiana had a big lead. They blew the lead. Then Illinois had a big lead. They blew that. Indiana ties the game with a two-point conversion late. It goes into overtime in a game that both teams really needed to win. Uh, Illinois ends up winning it. John Paddock, who's in for Luke Altmaier, remember he came in last week when Altmaier was injured with a concussion, making his first start at Illinois since transferring from Ball State. Threw for 507 yards and four touchdowns, including the 21-yard touchdown to Isaiah Williams in overtime to win the game. And for Indiana, Brandon Sorsby. Threw for three touchdowns and ran for two more. Five touchdown day for the Hoosier quarterback. Maryland and Nebraska. Boy, did Maryland need this. Look, Husker fan, I feel you. I hear you. Maryland really needed this one too. Maryland wins 13 to 10. Uh, Jack House uh, makes a 24-yard game-winning field goal as the clock goes to zero. It snaps the Terps four-game skid after they went 5-0. and They were then 5-4. and Had they lost this, it's 5-5, five and and they got Michigan next week. They needed this one. Absolutely. Got their sixth win. They're now bowl eligible. Nebraska now has lost two in a row, though. They need one more win in their final two games to become bowl eligible. But the Huskers, man, they were their own worst enemy. They turned the ball over three times in the fourth quarter. Three straight possessions, really. Can't do that. Let it slip away. Purdue wins at home. Uh, they haven't done that a lot this year. They beat Minnesota 49-30. to 30, And both Devin Mockaby and Tyrone Tracy Jr. rushed for over 100 yards, both. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Hudson Card matched a career high with three touchdown passes. He snapped a four-game skid for the Boilermakers. The Gophers have lost ground in that tight Big Ten West division. They still need a win for bowl eligibility. 
Don't want the season to slip away for them. Meanwhile, Northwestern at Wisconsin. All right, Northwestern goes into Camp Randall. Northwestern's an 11-and-a-half-point underdog. Everything that's going on in Northwestern, going to be a tough day, right? Not really. They scored 24 unanswered points. Wisconsin's a bit banged up, and they're not really playing very well right now. Northwestern wins this game 24-10. to 10. Uh, David Braun is 5-4. and four. This is the guy that came over as the defensive coordinator, and boom, as soon as he gets there and unpacks his, his things, all heck breaks loose at Northwestern with the hazing scandal, coaching change. He gets the job. He's now five and four. This team won one game last year. One. I think off the top of my head, I think they won three the year before. Not going well. He's got them at five and four. Give him the job. Remove interim from his title. Give him the job. He's the first Northwestern coach in his first year to win five games since Walter McCornack. Remember him? I doubt you do. Walter McCornack went 10-1-3 and back in 1903. David Braun is doing things that haven't been done at Northwestern in 120 years. Give him the job full-time. By the way, the Badgers have dropped three straight, and they're still one winning away from bowl eligibility. They're just trying to get to the finish line. Tanner Mordecai came back in after missing three games. Um, I don't, I don't know if I would have put him back in. I, I like the other quarterback there. Maybe we'll talk about that later. I want to take a moment to thank all of you for um, listening every day and watching every day to Lockdown Big Ten. You everydayers out there, make this go. Uh, if you get a moment, if you haven't yet, if you don't mind, subscribe. Just real quick, click on the the button down below to subscribe, and you're good to go. You're part of our club. You're part of our family. And uh, everybody, if you uh, subscribe on YouTube or share and follow and like Lockdown Big Ten, it really helps us out. And we've been growing tremendous. I think we're over 4,500 uh, subscribers on YouTube, as a matter of fact. Started out with 1,200 like four months ago. Thank you. Thank you very much. Quick reminder, don't forget on Fridays, tune in to our Lockdown College Football Kickoff Live show on this channel, 11 Eastern a.m. till noon every week and then if you miss it live it's their tape uh, i don't do it other hosts on lockdown pull it together i'm just a part of it it's a pretty good show it's a pretty good show so check that out all right as you know each and every week uh coming off a weekend i like to present my top 10 things i saw in the big 10 got a list here see what made it see if your favorite play made it it's all coming up right here on lockdown big 10 Jace Medical. You hear of a Jace case? I got one right here. It's a Jace case. The little, little pouch. It's got five different antibiotics in it inside there. Comes right to your door. All it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form. And in some cases, you can jump on with a quick call with one of the board certified physicians. And you can get some ongoing care from these physicians on any treatment related questions. This is doctor created. Doctor recommended. Uh, they've got all kinds of medical. They got like over 50 plus medications for all sorts of infections. And you know what? They even have ED medication uh, available up to a one year supply if you want it. Um, I'm talking Cialis, uh, Viagra, Rebatio, all that stuff. If you want it, you can get it through this situation with Jace Medical, jacemedical.com. What you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off of your purchase. 
whether you want the antibiotics or the other medications, or just be prepared for disasters. I'm in a hurricane area here. Um, you know, COVID hits the country, pandemic, supply chains, stuff happens, but you got to have your medication. So here's what you need to do. Go to jacemedical.com and enter the code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on at J-A-S-E medical.com. That's jacemedical.com. All right, let's get to it. Our Big Ten top 10 things that I observed over the weekend. See if you agree with these or not. I'm going to put them on screen if you're not watching on video. A lot of people are watching here on YouTube, but I'll put them up and we will go full screen and I will describe this. So at number 10, I, I put Northwestern's David Braun. All right. Guy's got five wins with a one win team, hazing scandal. I, I just, he's my top 10. My hat's off to him. Good job there. At number nine, let's see what else we have here. Uh, we're going to uh, Purdue running backs. The Purdue running backs, uh, Devin Maccabee and Tyrone Tracy Jr. Maccabee ran for 153 yards. Uh, Tracy Jr. ran for 122. Purdue has not had two running backs get over 100 yards in one game since 2018, so that was a good job. At number eight, the Maryland defense, uh, forcing the three Husker turnovers in the fourth quarter so they could win the game. Good job, Terps. You needed that one. And, of course, let's give it number seven a shout-out to the Maryland kicker, uh, Jack House, who had the game-winning field goal at the horn uh, to give the Terps the win there. At number six, the Illinois quarterback, John uh, Paddock. John Paddock, 507 yards, four touchdowns, including the game winner in overtime over Indiana. That was his first start at Illinois. He was transferred from Ball State, finally got his chance. I don't know if Luke Altmaier is coming back next week or not. He's been in concussion protocol. We hope he's feeling better. Uh, Panic looks like he's uh, he's a pretty good quarterback. At number five, the Iowa defense. Let's give uh, them a shout out for the shutout versus Rutgers. Only one offensive touchdown given up in the last four games. I did not realize that till this weekend. That is an amazing job. At number four, Ohio State quarterback Kyle McCord, a career high, three hundred thirty-five yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. This is he is not the same quarterback he was two months ago. Uh, you can give him and Ryan Day a lot of credit for that. At number three, Marvin Harrison Jr. He's always in our top three. Three touchdowns at 1,000 yards, as I mentioned earlier, the first Buckeye to get over 1,000 yards two consecutive years. And at number two, I'm going to give it to uh, Michigan running back Blake Corum. 26 carries, 145 yards, and a touchdown against Penn State. And I'm just going to segue that into number one in the Michigan running game. 32 straight runs against the number two run defense in the country at Penn State. They said, oh, oh, yeah, you're good? Well, let's see. And ran right through them. That was impressive. I have never seen anything like that before. So there you have it. My Big Ten Top Ten. If something that you like didn't make the list, hit me up on Twitter at Talk Big Ten or here on YouTube with comments. Always appreciate those. And... um I'd like to hear, see if I, see if I left one off. I'll make sure I get it back on there. Many ways for you to uh, check us out. Of course, as I mentioned at Twitter or X at talk big 10, that's with the number 10 and also our website, talkbig10.com. That's with the number 10, not don't spell it out. It's just the number 10 talkbig10.com. And also here on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. If you haven't already, before you go, 
Click the black uh, subscribe button down below. Everybody's doing it. It's helping us out. I love it. Uh, thank you very much. Do not take that for granted. So please subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app. And you'll get the latest episode of Lockdown Big Ten as soon as it becomes available each and every day. I'm going to compare Big Ten coach. I'm going to pick four Big Ten coaches. I'm going to compare them, their pros and their cons. They're coming to the upper echelon Big Ten coaches in tomorrow's podcast. I have what I think are some interesting comparisons, good and bad, a critique, an analysis, if you will, on tomorrow's podcast. Now I'm inviting you to check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast for the latest on everything else going on in sports. In the meantime, have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you again for checking us out here on Lockdown Big Ten. For Lockdown Big Ten, I'm Craig Schumann.